Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right, my friends. This is a different kind of night we have prepared for you. I think we have a real special opportunity for each and every one of you tonight. I, uh, I, met, I met a couple friends over the last few days uh, in, that are sitting in this room, and uh, I, won't, I won't say them by names, but I can tell you this, I have been impacted greatly by some of the students that I've met this week who have talked to me about uh, the year that they've had. One of them I was talking to today was telling me, he said, you know what, you were talking about the mourning part last night, grieving over, over loss, over loss of life, and he said, uh, I get that because that's been part of my story over the last year. About a year ago, he, he lost his father. And uh, I was talking to another friend today who said not just too many months ago, within this year, they experienced a very similar reality in their life, losing a, a parent. And I can't imagine all the stories to tell and all the burdens to bear that are accumulated in this room. I, I don't know what kind of 2019 you've had. If you would mark 365 days from last year to this very day right here, if you would say, man, it was a great year, tough year, almost impossible year, whatever kind of year it was, I, don't, I, don't know, I, I can't imagine the stories that are in this room and we don't have time to unfold them all sitting here tonight. I don't know what kind of summer you've had. I hope maybe you might say in some ways that the best week of your summer, if, at, when you remember the summer of 2019, I hope some of what you will remember is the best week of your summer was your experience here at RVR. But I, I just want to propose something to you right now, and I know there's things going on right behind me, so if you could just... All of that will come clear in just a moment, but you could give me your attention, give me your eyes and your thoughts and your focus for just a moment. I want to propose a thought to you that I believe wholeheartedly. No matter what this last year has been like, no matter what the accumulation of your life has been like, tonight could be the most important night of your life. Tonight, you could have the greatest questions you've ever wrestled with answered in maybe perhaps some of the clearest ways. Now, I know that there's so many questions out there that probably, if I would narrow down the three greatest life questions, I would say they're this. Who am I? Why am I here? I don't mean at camp, but I mean like, why do I exist? And where am I going? What's next for me? You don't have to answer out loud, but have you ever pondered those questions? Who am I? What, where did I come from? Why, did I, why am I here and where am I heading? Those three questions stir a lot of people's minds in a lot of different ways. And I believe the reason why this may be perhaps for some of you, maybe for a lot of us, the most important night of your life is because you may get the answers with clarity to those very questions. Now, I, I gotta be honest. We have been building up to the answer to those questions all week long. This is what this place is all about. This is what RVR is all about. It is not about ropes courses. It is not about horse rides. It is not about paintball fields. It is not about wreck. It is not about all those things. Those things are all side benefits to the main thing. The main thing that this place is about and the reason that uh, I came, the reason I wanted to partner with this wonderful, amazing place is because they want to help you and I want to help you understand who you are why you arrived here at this place by God's design and where you're heading. I want to prepare you for where you're heading. And what you're about to see is a picture of the history of our existence in just a short little little view. And when you see it, I want to to challenge you to do something, okay? 
See if you can identify, because these characters up here are not going to be named by actual names, but see if you can identify who is being portrayed up here and see if, see if you find yourself in this story. Hey, friends, I don't know about you, but that was pretty incredible, wasn't it? Why don't we give them one more hand for that? Wow. Wow. So now let's just take a minute to wrap our minds. Okay, the last few minutes of tonight, which is going to be shorter than any other time this week, to try to wrap our minds around what we just experienced. Who am I? Why am I here? And, and where am I going? The very first night this week, we, we introduced this concept. It was the big idea, and it was the beginning, really, of this portrayal what we saw tonight and was also the beginning of our week who we are is this the great god of all creation uh who is portrayed by the way in this drama what was the great god of all creation's name in this drama he was called he was called love that's right love has decided to reveal himself to you let me tell you who you are you are a creation designed and purposed by God for his glory, for his pleasure, for his praise. You, young friend, you are different than any other part of creation. There are uh, trees and plants and animals in this creation that are all living, and they all give praise to God in a certain way, but you are distinct and different from them because you, the Bible says in, in Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, you were designed and purposed with the image of God created in you. You bear God's image. That does not mean that you are God. That means that your character, your person, your personhood is a reflection of who God is. And so remember how we talked about there's a segment, there's a line, and there's a ray? God is the ray. He's eternal from everlasting to everlasting. You, friend, because you were designed by God and in his image, you are a ray. You have a beginning point. You have a birth date when you arrived in this world. And really, when, when God allowed you to be conceived in your mother's womb, that's when you started. But you will not ever expire there will be a physical day of death for you and for me. That's, that's the way it is with every single human being. But remember what Jesus taught us last night? Not all death is physical and not all death is final. You, friend, created in the image of God, you have a purpose for all of eternity going forward and it will not run out. This is what the Bible says about, uh, about God's purpose. God has created us to share in a good and right relationship with him. That's what God made us for. Love, designed, life, and joy. And who, who were life and joy a representation of? Two, two of the first persons. They were? Adam and Eve. Very good. Did you catch that? Adam and Eve, God's first examples of human creations. But Adam and Eve were just an example of all of humanity because you and I, friend, we are great, 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 grandchildren of Adam and Eve. We are their heritage. We are their offspring. We are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And God has created us to share in a good and right relationship with him. That's what we saw in this beautiful picture. Isaiah 43 says it this way. It says, bring, verses 6 and 7, bring my sons and my daughters from afar, from the north and from the east. It says, give them all up, those who I have created for my glory, for my pleasure. You have a purpose. It is to give glory to your maker who designed you and created you in his image. And God gave us 
like Adam and Eve, life and joy, and all of their descendants. God gave us commands so that we could have a right and good relationship with him. We explored those two, uh, yeah, two, two nights ago. Remember the Ten Commandments from Exodus chapter 20? These are an expression and a summary of God's plan and purpose for you and I to have a right relationship with him. He designed us for that. He created us for that, and he gave us these guidelines to remind us, this is how you have a right relationship with me. But when life and joy, when Adam and Eve, in the garden when the, where they were created, the very place that God created for their joy, for their pleasure, for their satisfaction, when Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God's commands from the beginning, that perfect relationship that they had with God, that God had given to them as a gift, was broken. And it was changed. And it was changed forever. And you notice, when I move my hands here, one of the hands moved and one of them remained the same because this is a representation of our great God and creator. And this is a representation of us. When we were at once in a right relationship with him through Adam and Eve in the garden, and sin entered into the picture because they took of the fruit, they were tempted by Satan, by this enemy, death. And he lured them into a decision. But let's be clear about something. You and I need to be very, very, very clear about this, okay? The devil didn't make them do it. You and I can never say in our own life to our parents, to someone else, to God one day. I will not be able to stand before God one day and be able to say, hey, God, the devil made me do it. I was helpless and I was confused and I wouldn't have done it without him, but he made me do it. No, 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 no. The devil, Satan, the enemy of God's creation, those who are designed in his image. The enemy would lure and entice you to be drawn away to the desires and pleasures of sin that are against God. But the decision to pursue those very sins and those very things that are rebellious against God, our creator, that's your decision, friend. That's my decision. I chose those things. I made that decision before God. And the relationship was broken. That's what Romans 5.12 that was shown in this drama says. It says, therefore, just as through one man, which is Adam, Adam and Eve respectively, but specifically Adam was responsible for this decision. Through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. And death was the consequence of sin. And death spread to all mankind because all of us sin. You know what that means? <clears throat> that means every child of Adam and Eve inherits the same broken nature and broken relationship that they had with God, now you and I inherit that very nature. We inherit that very scenario. We entered into the world already broken in our relationship with God, and we sin and we rebel against him because that is our nature. That is our desires. This is the condition of all men. Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, as it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. There's no one who's seeking after God. No one's heart is pure before God. Every single one of us have gone the way of our forefathers, Adam and Eve. We inherited that sinful nature that's broken. When Adam and Eve sinned and lost the perfect relationship with God, they felt something that had never been felt before. They experienced something that no one had ever experienced before. They experienced guilt and shame. They experienced 
a, a way of feeling that brokenness from their creator that they were not designed to experience. And do you remember, God created them in the garden, and they didn't have a wardrobe like us. They were naked, but they did not have lustful, perverted thoughts towards one another because they had a pure mind that was like God created them. But when they sinned and fell, remember something changed in the garden. They looked at each other with different eyes, sinful eyes, and it embarrassed them and brought shame upon them. And does anybody remember what they ran off and did for themselves? What did they do? Can anybody remember? Yeah, help me out. What did they do? They did. Say it louder. They did. They took what was called fig leaves, and they, the Bible describes that they sewed them on. They made the first clothes, the first wardrobe that was ever made by a man and woman was, was fig leaves. And these fig leaves represented something that you and I, to this very day, still try to do the same thing. When we feel and experience the guilt and shame of our brokenness with our creator, we try to sew on the good works to please God, to make ourselves look good, to, to erase the shame and guilt and sorrow of our choices and of our decisions. We do the very same thing, just in our own heart and in our own way. But God came and asked Adam and Eve, why are you hiding from me? We've never hidden before. You've always been right there to talk to. We've always had a good relationship. What changed, Adam and Eve? And they were hiding from God in the cool of the day, the Bible says. But he brought something for them. Does anybody remember what God brought for them? Because it was extremely unique. In history, it was the first of its kind. Does anybody remember what God brought for Adam and Eve? He brought them an animal skin. He brought them an animal skin because he was going to replace those fig leaves with this animal skin, and this was going to be their new clothing. Their new clothing. Do you know what that animal's death represented? It represented the first physical death in history. Nothing had ever physically died before until that animal died. And God covered their shame and guilt with this animal skin. And you know what message he was sending you and me and all of humanity? He was sending us a message to tell us when there's a brokenness of relationship with your God, there's only one way to make it right. Something has to die. Someone has to die. Death and bloodshed are the only way to cover the guilt and shame of sin. That's why, that's why the Bible teaches us this. <clears throat> it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Now this, my friends, this is my favorite Bible verse in the whole Bible. This is to me the most concise, beautiful, and precious words that the Bible could say in just such a few words. Here's what it says. It says, he made him. The personal pronouns are God and Jesus. So I'll replace them. God made Jesus, who had never committed any sin, to become sin for us. So when love had created us to have a right relationship and it was broken because of our sin and because of our desires for so many things in this world that were not pleasing to God, God replaced my punishment. God replaced the consequences that I deserved because this image up here of seeing love, and by the way, in that second part of the drama, who is love now? Who is this? Say it loud. It's Jesus Christ. 
It is God's son. And who did we learn when we talked about Jesus last night? God, Jesus is, is Jesus greater than, less than, or is he equal with God? He is. He is equal with God. So when everything was broken and death seemed to be winning and the enemy held us down in the chains of our sin and we had no hope, no help, and no, nothing we could do about it because we could not heal the relationship that was broken between us and our creator that we were designed to enjoy. When we were there, God sent himself into his creation in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, who is fully and equally God in the flesh. And when he did, his life for us was just like that animal skin that God put on Adam and Eve in the garden. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Jesus, who had never participated or known, or con- or, uh, known any sin, he made him to be sin for us. That doesn't mean that Jesus became a sinner. It means that Jesus became all of the consequences for all the sins of all those who would ever believe. Jesus took on the burden and guilt of yours and my sin, dear friend. God made Jesus, who had never sinned, to become the sacrifice and consequence for sin. So that, this is the rest of the verse, so you and I could share in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So that you and I, though we were broken in our relationship with God, we had no answer. We had no way to recover the brokenness that we had lost in sin. So that you and I, friend, we could be made right again with God. This is the good news that our creator has given us. We saw it tonight in the form of a drama. I'm speaking it in the form of words to you. Who are you? You are, you are a human being created in God's image. You are designed after him. You are intended in your purpose. You are here to reflect the glory of God. You are here to have a relationship that praises and glorifies your creator for all the gifts and and joy and blessing that he has given to you in your life. But because of the brokenness of sin, there is a struggle. Where am I going is the question that must be answered. Because this is the only three of the questions that could be different depending on who's in this room. The Bible says, it is appointed unto a man or woman to die one time. And after this, they will stand before God in judgment. What Jesus did as a gift and as a sacrifice for sinners like you and me is not automatically a gift given and received to every single person. It's not universal. There must be a response by the one who is broken in the relationship with God, the one who is separated from God by their sins. And so you might ask then, what's the response? Where am I going? If I want to be made right with my creator who designed me for that purpose, how do I get there? Well, the simplest, most excellent and beautiful answer to that question was given by Jesus Christ the very beginning of his ministry on earth when he came and lived among us. He lived a perfect, beautiful life. He came in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, and he said this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning God has come to earth. The king of heaven is here now in front of you. That's what Jesus was saying. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So repent and believe in this good news. Repent 
and believe. Friend, you have a responsibility. You have an action that you must take if you want to be made right with God. God has done all that God must and should do for you and I to be made right with him again. He has reconciled us to himself. He has made the path and the only path that we might be made right with him. And Jesus said it this way in John 14, 6. I'm the only way, I'm the only truth, and I'm the only life. And if you're going to come to God, you're gonna go through me. That's what Jesus said. So when Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel, this is what you must do, friend. If you want to have a right relationship with God, here's what you must do. You must recognize and agree with God that you have sinned against him and failed him in your actions, and the broken relationship that exists is because of your choices. You should identify that to God as clearly and as specifically as you can. Just talking to him, just like I'm talking to you right now. And the Bible says to repent is to turn around. It's to make a 180. And so to repent and believe are not two different things. They are one and the same. So if I were chasing all of my desires and all of my satisfactions in this world, I was chasing sin and Jesus was not my master, but all of my flesh and all of my passions and all of my desires against him were my master. If I was clinging to those things, to repent says I leave those things go. I release those as my master and I turn from those things and instead of clinging to those things as my hope and my joy and my satisfaction, I turn and I cling to Jesus Christ as my satisfaction who is God, who is my savior, who did indeed give his life for me and who rose again three days later in power and in glory to prove that he is who he says he is and secure that as he has life, you can also have eternal life. Where are you going, friend? That may not yet be determined. It may be still up in the air where you are going, but I'm telling you right now, the reason why this may be the most important night of your life is because this might be the night where that destination is firmly and certainly and eternally determined. You can know tonight. You don't have to leave here in a mystery. You don't have to leave here fearful. You don't have to leave here wondering, am I going to suffer the consequences of my actions in rebellion against God, or is Jesus going to take them for me? The answer is he has taken them for you, but you must repent and turn and say, God, I agree with you. These desires and affections are not pleasing to you. I want to release them, and I want to turn to you and in in faith believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did and has accomplished for me the life that I need. We've been reading all week Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 4 it says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for those who are in slavery who are those who are captives and a release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn and so on and so forth it goes that was written 750 years before jesus arrived on the scene did you know that And 750 years after this prophecy was written by Isaiah, there was a church service in the New Testament. It's it's recorded in Luke chapter 4. You should read it when you get a chance. There was a church service. And during this church service, a special man came up in the service and he asked for an old scroll, for a book of the Bible. He asked for the scroll that included Isaiah's writings. And he got the scroll and he stood up before the people 
and he unrolled it. And he unrolled it to, now they didn't have the same way to identify where it was in the scripture back then, but precisely he read Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. He said, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to give you good news, to proclaim freedom to those who are in slavery to their sins, and to comfort those who are mourning because not all death is physical and not all death is final. And he sat down after reading that scripture and all the eyes in the room were on him. And he said, today, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. That man was Jesus Christ. That was the son of God who said, what we've been studying this week, what we've been thinking about and looking towards the hope that we can have to be set free from the bondage of our sins. Jesus said, I am that way. Dear friend, will you believe that? Will you by faith and confidence believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did? And then just as big as that, will you through great humility Yield yourself to him as king and say, I want to turn from these desires and affections of my heart and I want to turn and take Jesus as my king, as my Lord, as my savior, as my master. I don't want anything in this world to master me and enslave me except for Jesus. And who the son sets free, God's word said, and we heard it in this drama, you'll be free like you've always desired and always intended to be. That is it. Repent and believe. And that can be tonight. And you don't have to wait another night. And you don't have to wonder who you are and why you're here and where you're going. You will know the answer to all three of those things. You will have at least some of the greatest life questions solved and resolved in your mind and heart. For me, that was when I was nine years old. Nine years old. And I can tell you, for all these years later that I've been following Jesus Christ, it has been worth every moment. I've never regretted following him and giving him my life. It's been worth every part of it. Would you pray with me, okay? Father, for these young men and women, I've been praying this all day long. Some of them I've been praying by name, others by their faces that I can remember. All of them as a group, Lord, I've been praying and asking, I'll just ask the same thing again. I pray that your truth, your good news of your gospel through your son Jesus would be clear and understandable to them. And Lord, that they would by faith receive it through repentance and confidence in Jesus. I believe, Father, that that is a work that only you can produce. So I'm only asking the one who has the power to do it. I believe that I, these leaders, we are messengers sent by you to share this great news, but only you can bring life. So, Father, will you do that by your grace and kindness? And I'll thank you. And we will trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, to finish tonight, you may or may not be in this frame of mind.
but undoubtedly are, there are those friends around us who are thinking about these things. These might be an- questions and answers that you answered a long time ago in your life. These might be things that you could have stood up here yourself and communicated and shared with this group of people because you have these things locked down. Thank God for that. Praise God for that. But I guarantee you there are friends sitting in this room who these things are still yet to be settled in their mind and heart. So I'm gonna challenge you. If that was you just a moment ago I spoke about, pray for them. Pray for them now. If you know them by name and you've heard their story or part of their story, pray for them now. And because we, won't, we don't want this moment to slip by without you having an opportunity to gather in your heart and mind who you are, why you're here, and where you're going. We don't want you to to miss the opportunity to have the answers to those questions. We just want to ask, will you be willing to take about a 10-minute time of just mental peace to think, to pray, to talk to the God who has been speaking to us through his word this week, to pray for friends, and maybe you're praying for your own heart and soul. Maybe you need answers. These adults, these leaders who have been with you all week long, myself and there are others close by, we are going to be nearby for you for, on your behalf. And you can pull us over. You can talk to us. And if it's something totally unrelated to this, still pull us over and we'll pray for you. But just take about seven minutes or so, seven, eight minutes, just to have your mind at peace and think about who you are before God. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? And remember the answers that God's word has given us to these questions. So quietly and thoughtfully of your friends. Would you just take a few minutes to go sit outside? All this field out here, you can spread out anywhere you want to. Go sit down, pray, deal with God, ask a friend, ask one of our leaders to come over, myself, and we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll help you. And then in a few minutes, the bell will ring and they'll bring you back in here and we'll go on with our evening, okay? But this might be the most important night of your life. Don't miss what God is trying to say to you. Let's be dismissed, okay? We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.